Thanks for downloading this week's episode of Seen and Heard, available every Tuesday on iTunes. To listen and subscribe to this and other great province podcasts, search iTunes or simply visit theprovincepodcasts.com. Happy listening. This podcast is brought to you by The Province. This is Seen and Heard with Province music writer Stuart Dardane. Hello and welcome to another edition of Seen and Heard with me, Province Entertainment reporter Stuart Dardane. And here today I'm lucky enough to be speaking to, uh, on Skype from Copenhagen, uh, Jonas Bjara, uh, vocalist of Danish alt rockers Mew, whose latest album, Plus Minus, uh, well, we're going to talk about that, aren't we? Hello, Jonas. Yeah, that sounds good. Hello, how are you? <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I guess the first uh, thing is congratulations. Uh, this has been one of your best received records since, I believe, uh, 2003's uh, Frankers. It's, it's been quite a long time um, coming. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, what, what happens to make a group that's kind of been consistently releasing records? A five and a half year break seems like a long time. What have you been up to? Yeah, we, we always took a long time, uh, but this is uh, our record so far for spending time um but we we toured a lot on the last one mm. and we needed a little break and then people kind of wandered off a little bit and did other projects and then came back and uh with a renewed sense of energy so and then our our old bass player rejoined the band and a lot of stuff happened so yeah it took, yeah. It took some time i guess another big significant thing is of course your longtime guitar player bo madsen's out of the group now right like uh, he's moved on into something else that's right. And yeah. Then, yeah, and then Johan came back on bass. And who else is in it? Are you touring with uh, Russell Lissack of Block Party on get, Will he be the second guitar player? No, we have a, a guy called Mess Vitna mm. and uh, our longtime keyboard player Nick Watts on keyboard. So we were, we're five piece when we play live. Cool. Um, how are the shows going with the new material? Really, really well. Uh, it's, the new songs seem to translate really well to the live scene, which is, which we, which we actually, you know, uh, made an effort to for that to happen. Uh, it was one of Michael Beinhorn's uh, things that he, he spoke a lot about in the beginning, in the pre-production phase, that he wanted us to be able to play the songs just in the practice space, and they should already sound complete, you know. And uh, I think that's a good starting point. For, for making an album. Well, we're going to play... Let's let's start. We're going to start with the uh, first single and, and the first song of the album, which is Satellites. And uh, we're going to play that, and then I have some questions for you about uh, working with Michael Beinhorn and, and just the sound of the record. So here we go with Satellites. Yes. Take out the glass, we get better. I wanna breathe in sunlight, 
All right, that's a pretty strong, bold statement for an opening song on an album. It's a big, massive, anthemic, and it sounds to me, listening to it, that it would be hard to recreate that sound live. That sounds like a lot of studio um, you know, stuff is going in to just give it that huge, massive, symphonic uh, quality. Right. Well, I think, we, I think we pull it off pretty well. I mean, it's obviously a, a bit more raw live, but, uh, but I think that it, it sounds pretty, uh, pretty close. Now, of course, Beinhorn is uh, is well known for having worked with like the Red Hot Chili Peppers as well as I. I think I first came to my attention when he was doing stuff with Material and Bill Laswell back in the you know yeah. New York and yeah. in, in, in that period and stuff. How did how did you guys come around to uh, to working with him? Um, we worked with him actually on on the album we made called the and the Glass and the Kites. Um, okay. We. We actually, I mean, we just listened to a lot of his records and, and thought he had a really good sound quality. And um, it seems like whenever he works with a band, that's always the best album they make in their career. Mm. So we thought, you know, we, why don't we try and work with him again and make, <laughs> make two best albums of our career? You know, 
so yeah, that was that was part of the reason. And also, I, I I bumped into him in Los Angeles when we were kind of just starting to write new material, and I uh, I just had a really good conversation with him about music and create uh, creativeness and uh, creativity. Sorry, right. and um, and he had had a lot of good thoughts on that. So that was part of the reason as well. Now you you know the the group was originally sort of. Um it came out, I mean, you've been so hugely influential on the Danish scene, but then also very much a presence in, in the European scene. And, and intermittently, you know, North America's really come around. Uh, but it's funny because they used to always refer to you guys as an alt-rock band, a, a phrase I never have been very fond of anyway. But the one that people keep dropping now is they're calling, saying, you know, it's, this album's very progressive. It sounds like progressive rock and stuff. And that used mm-hmm. to be such a dirty word, um, but it's not anymore, is it? Well, I, I don't know, actually. But, but yeah, I've... I've we had that happen to us uh, before, actually, on the Glass Honey Kites. We, a lot of people were comparing it to Yes. And, and yeah, it seems to be... I kind of... I, I, I would put prog rock into two categories. Uh, one is the sort of overly virtuose version, and the other is just a really sort of imaginative and, and exploring kind, you know. And, and we're not particularly interested in, in showing off how many notes we can play in in 10 seconds, you know, that's not the, the kind of prog if, if we do, if we do prog at all, you know. But um, I think that's why prog got such a bad word, word, bad name, because people compare it to, to just this kind of show-off, you know, self-importance. There uh, is there is a lot of it to be had, for sure. I, 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 yeah. think, I think even some bands that really were very good in the genre at times got a little bit out of their minds with uh, with the, with pretension and concept, is there a concept behind plus minus? Not so much, actually. I, th- I think that we, that if there is a concept, it is that we just whatever we came up with uh, in the writing sessions, we just let the songs be whatever they they seem to want to be, you know. And we didn't try and put everything into one box. Um, so I think that that has made for a very diverse album, but. And in the old days, we, we might be a bit scared if it's too too sort of all over the place. But uh, but we kind of just trusted that it would sound like new, you know, because we, we were making it. And I think we kind of got away with it. I think you totally got away with it. That's actually one of the things I like the most about this record is it really is, um, you know, very, very all over the place and ranging from, you know, thrash out rockers to, to more anthemic kind of almost arena rock to, you know, some really quite lovely you know tender passages and things like that you really it's i can see how it took a long time to write the record um and and come up with what you did uh we're going to take this out it's it's great speaking to you but thanks again we're going to uh we're going to close out with rose ambitious track on the album i think how so well i just it's very it's kind of long it's like a, a bit of a journey i mean i guess the most progressive track on the album i guess but uh but it just it came together in kind of a weird way. It started out as instrumental and then became a song. And yeah, it's, it's, I'm really happy with how it wound up. Do you do a lot of your writing that way? Is it, is it kind of coming out of jams or is, it, or is it more likely to walk in with like a set riff or a set idea in mind? We do a little bit of both, but most of it we kind of jam up together. And um, I think we, we never really figure out a, a specific method of writing which is which is i think is a good thing because if you if you have too many habits then you, you might not get to explore so much new ground you know so we try and try and do things differently all the time you know? 
It's very cool. And thanks again for talking to us. And we're going to go out with Rose. Thanks for having me.
once again. Uh, that was Jonas from New. Uh, the band is going to be playing at the venue on September 29th. And now we're going to move on to the scene section of Scene and Heard, where we talk about upcoming shows, beginning with Peaches. We're going to hear a track called Rub, taken from her latest album, also titled Rub. And this is, uh, you know, the raunchtronic uh, Berlin-based Montreal, originally electro-rap diva-type performer doing her thing and i have to say that uh this is you know it's better beats perhaps than her earlier work uh the rhymes maybe for are a little less raunchy than they used to be but uh one thing's for sure peaches still likes to uh to court controversy and things in the cover photo and image that's being used on the promo posters for a coming tour right now which is like this extension of her neck that's been twisted around and stuff are quite disturbing well done for her <laughs> she's gonna be at the commodore ballroom on october 6th and here is rub from peaches
Beach Road. Next up, we're going to shred it a little bit with Archangel, which is the title track from Soulfly's 10th studio album, Archangel, on Nuclear Blast Records. And here it is, Max Cavalera back with his groovy, thrashy ways, once again, just tearing it up. And they're going to be here on the We Sold Our Souls to Metal Tour with a pretty killer bill of like Soulfly, Soil Work, Decapitated, and Shattered Sun at the Rickshaw on October 4th. And here's Soulfly sending the love with Archangel.
Now, the herd section, where we talk about new and hot coming releases. Uh, we're going to kick it off with the Yoppers. Um, the song's called Deacon Brody, taken from their American Man debut on Yep Rock. This is a really cool... If you're a Black Keys fan, if you like that kind of grimy southern rock with a little blues undertones, you're going to want to check this record out. It's way dirtier um, than the Keys, but it's been the same thing. I'm really digging on these, the Yoppers. It uh, sounds good turned up real loud. This is Deacon Brody. Next up, I think probably one of the records that's uh, it's a almost an instant contender to be in my top ten of the year is um, we're going to hear a clarinetist composer Shankar Tucker, and this is uh, taken from his album Filament, which right now is streaming on Bandcamp entirely, uh, and also will be available pre-orders on iTunes. And this is a song called Chai Chai Saki, which is. Uh, it puts the American bass Mumbai composer. He, he's really stretching it out here. What he's trying to do, I think, is mix every genre imaginable together into a really cohesive fusion in a way that's just immediately arresting. It's just such a tight record. So here we go with uh, Shankar Tucker. Mm-hmm. 
Indian artist isn't uh, enough. We'll play two. Next up, we're going to hear uh, this is a long standing uh, Lahore band called the Mikal Hassan Band, and they play Sufi rock or soul rock. And one thing they really do play is their guitars. Hassan is a really hot guitar player, and he's not afraid to show it all over this disc. This is the Mikal Hassan Band taking us out with, I'm going to guess it's pronounced Mal Kounds, taken from uh, the album Andolan on MHB Music uh, and also EMI if you can find it.
once again, this has been Seen and Heard. And for this and all of the province podcasts, go to theprovincepodcast.com and I will catch you next week. You've been listening to Seen and Heard with province music writer Stuart Durdane. Catch Stuart in the province newspaper or online at theprovince.com. <laughs> <laughs>